Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. In this edition of Hootsology, Matt and Justin discuss all angles regarding the Kyrie Irving trade to the Dallas Mavericks. We break down if Kyrie and Luka can become the hottest duo in the NBA, or it will serve doom for Luka Doncic's future. Also, we discuss what this trade means for the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant. You don't want to miss this one. Email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're a proud member of Underdog Podcast, and now we're available on Stitcher. And now, check out Hoopsology's In the Lab. Welcome to another episode of In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am Matt Thomas. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? Doing really good. What an eventful end of the week last week. <laughs> in the league in this weekend, we're just texting each other back and forth, especially Sunday. So uh, good to talk to you. Yeah, it has been a whirlwind. And I guess, you know, by in the lab standards, you might consider this just a little light work, you know, just getting up some jump shots. But if you've been following us wherever you like to follow us, you know that we have been busy uh, throughout the weekend and otherwise posting uh, we had a great interview with Howard Beck that you can now listen to um, and you can check out all our content on YouTube or wherever you're listening to podcasts, of course, and you can listen to that. Um, and the news broke about Kyrie Irving requesting his trade literally about, I think, about 30 minutes before we got on the call I would say so. with Howard Beck, which yeah. uh, shout out to Howard Beck. Awesome to chat with him. Uh, so we kind of just jumped in and we're like, well... You know, this is happening. This is a big topic. It's been a big topic for the last couple of years, really, this Brooklyn Nets team, and this might be the end of the road for them. So we chatted with him about that for a little bit. Thankfully, didn't spend all our time on that, though, because then the day after, uh, later that afternoon, on Saturday afternoon, we get the word that Kyrie Irving has been traded to the Dallas Mavericks, and that's what we're here to break down today. So let's get into it and looking at this. So you see Nets officially trade Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks. This is just off of NBA.com, their official announcement. Just to break this down for you guys, Brooklyn receives Spencer Dinwiddie. He's back. You remember he used to play for them. Dorian Finney-Smith. The 2027 second round pick from Dallas, 2029 first round pick, which is unprotected, and a 2029 second round pick. Dallas, in return, receives, of course, Kyrie Irving, and then to make salaries work, Markeith Morris as well. So, Justin, we'll dive into Brooklyn and and the blow potentially to them or or the relief maybe. Yeah. But – uh, when you look at this from Dallas's side of things, how are you feeling about what they gave up, what they're getting? Uh, some more context for the listener, just real quick. Kyrie Irving is an expiring concert con- contract. Excuse me, he can walk this summer. So, how do you feel about this? Let's stick with the Dallas side of things to open up. It's a risky move. I would say borderline desperate move. 
And I have questions. I was talking to Jorge about this, uh, former uh, guest of the show, um, former co-host of mine on another podcast a long, long time ago. But we're talking. I'm like, I don't like him and Luca together. I mean, mm. you're dealing with another ball dominant player on your team. And not only that, uh, you know, another superstar. I mean, we heard all these rumors about Luca and Porzingis not getting along. And now you have somebody way more, I would say, controversial contentious and you know somebody who has been inconsistent whether you agree with him or disagree with him for his reasons for not playing he's being inconsistent I, mean, mm-hmm. I think there is the stat that him and kevin durant played like 72 games something like that in his tenure there i mean that's crazy so i don't like this for the long term short term we'll see i mean for all the baggage Kyrie gets in terms other than boston really his track record of playing with other superstars while he's on the court is pretty good, in my opinion. But I just all the off the court issues, and then just the you know personality set. I mean, everybody deals with it when you're in a workplace, right? Somebody new comes along, either you like him or you don't. I mean, it just it just depends. So, yeah, I have my reservations about this, and you're right, man. He could just bounce after this season. <laughs> he doesn't like being there, so I, I really sure. don't know what his mindset is it's really weird because i think correct if i'm wrong matt but again i don't want to sound like an old man but you know a lot of superstars that we were watching when we were growing up we're able to really track and see what their motivations are in this new era it's really unpredictable really don't know i mean he's won a title he's played with all the superstars play with his friend i don't really know what he truly wants i i, I hate to, i said the same thing about kevin durant i i don't know what else would he would prefer so in, in this situation here I, if I'm a Mavericks fan, I feel better because he, he's an awesome player. But at the same time, it is a massive risk for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, looking around at different takes on this as as much as I could find, yeah. you know, there, there are a couple different things. And I think for the most part, Kyrie Irving is so polarizing right now, or maybe it's not even polarizing because it just seems like the majority of people are just really, really against him, especially what after what happened in November. So it seems like the other side of this too, is that it's tough to get like an unbiased, unemotional take on really <laughs> what this is going to look like in Dallas. Like, it seems like a lot of the things that I saw posted, even the instant reactions were just like, well, Kyrie Irving sucks. So Dallas, I, I saw a very reputable site. I won't name who, because I'm not trying to put anyone on blast, but I'm curious, they, spill the tea, man. <laughs> I, I'll tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> um the the site was saying given like trade grades, really sure. simple. Yeah. It was saying Mavericks D, Brooklyn Nets B plus for this <laughs> trade. And I'll just say it. It was ESPN. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know who, uh, to be honest. I, I just saw this on social media. Fair enough. Um, and, and I think that's ridiculous because Kyrie Irving is by far the most talented player in this deal. And it's not even close. And we've seen a record of him still being able to be that high-talented player this season. And we've seen it for a stretch of games now, too. So. I don't think it's fair. If, if anything, it's even, even if you're taking the side of like, I just want to be rid of Kyrie Irving and all the headaches that you mentioned earlier. It's absolutely a fair criticism to say 
He's only really had big success with LeBron James back in Cleveland that year that he hit that shot in that 2016 finals. Uh, totally fair. Things flamed out in Boston. Things now flamed out in Brooklyn. So this is kind of do or die for Kyrie. Maybe that's a good thing, or maybe Kyrie's content with just kind of letting things sort of flame out. He, he seemed like he has no problem stepping away from the game, uh, even when he's healthy. Um, so uh, again, I would put this a little bit more of an even value of a trade, if nothing else. From Dallas's side, just to finish the thought on Dallas, they're not bringing in free agents typically, and they're not bringing in big trade prospects, things like that. So I do kind of feel like their back is against the wall. And for my purposes, I'm okay with them rolling the dice here because it does raise their ceiling if Kyrie Irving is healthy and playing. And yes, that is a big if. But I just don't think they were going to get further than last year. And you might even argue that last year they were lucky to be in that Western Conference Finals. This year they don't have Jalen Brunson. So they were going into the postseason potentially with less firepower. Agreed. Now you could argue even with losing Dorian Finney-Smith, they still they have more firepower. And Luka finally has a star, at least almost his caliber of player. Although, as you mentioned, Kyrie Irving does have the title. Luka doesn't yet. So it's a guy that Luka can respect Players seem to still gravitate towards Kyrie. So I I guess what I'm saying is I don't mind this for Dallas. You did something for Luka. And then even if he walks, you have tons of cap room this offseason and can try to test your luck with free agency, which is something you were going to need to do anyway. Now, now I agree. It's, it's very interesting at this point is seeing the discourse on Kyrie. Yeah. Just because... Typically, when you're dealing with a an athlete, especially within the within the association that has a lot of baggage, usually on the court, they're expendable or their skills have diminished. Um, what comes to mind, like a Dennis Rodman, I'm trying to think what other players what comes. Ron Artesk is another one. Like, yeah. I mean, while wow, both of them, I mean, they're really they're ironically kind of similar in, in that regard with Ron and Dennis Rodman, but Kyrie with the, no disrespect, but he's way better than those two. I mean, he yeah. is an instant oh, yeah. hall of famer and yet he has this baggage with, within the league itself. And I think you have to look at from a Nets perspective, Sean Marks, I think it was a good point. Like he, let's face it here. You've had Durant request a trade, but he's still there, but he was disgruntled hardened bounce. Um, Kyrie Irving bounce. Ben Simmons has been a bust. Yeah, I mean, this has been an unapologetic failure <laughs> on many levels for the Brooklyn Nets. And you just have to wonder who is culpable in this situation here. And I think Sean Mark deserves some blame, but so do the guys, you know, on this team. And it's, I don't know if it's, it's a really great look for the league, to be honest, when you have, you know, three of your most prominent superstars, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, and it's it's not so much like it didn't work. I just feel like I don't know. It from the optic standpoint, it just to me in, in this era of super teams, and I'm not really a big fan of super teams, but it was a bummer not to see that just come together at least for like a season or two, and to see it just go down that way. I I think it's it's not good for the league. So we'll see what with Kyrie. I I don't know. I I I think. 
he's such a great player. And I think a lot of players within the league, Howard Beck pointed this really like Kyrie. They really do. So mm-hmm. it's hard that he's just going to be blackballed. If it doesn't work out in Dallas, if there's going to be issues, which again, Howard mentioned like every three months, it's something. So I'm sure we'll get to April and there's going to be a new controversy. We'll be talking about with Kyrie um, during that time period. But yeah, I it's, it's really hard to pinpoint if this is going to be truly successful, but I agree with you, Matt. I think in terms of the Mavericks it's do or die, like you're going to make a move or not. And they're not a free agent destination. And this is the move to make. Will it pay off? Um, time will tell. Absolutely. And to your point about Brooklyn, I, I think we can say it's been an abject failure. I mean, unless yeah. like Ben Simmons comes around strong, KD stays and you see like a, a great run from them. KD, to his credit, having a fantastic season other than the injury. Um, but to your point about Brooklyn, through this era of the last three years, we got 16 games of Harden, Kyrie, and KD on the floor together. Wow, jeez. So a lot of noise about nothing. We've talked about that in the past, what a disappointment that has been. I I think just as a basketball fan in general, whether you wanted to watch them lose or watch them win, you didn't get to watch them. So that's how that played out. We got 74 games together of KD and Kyrie on the floor together. Uh, So... I think just a huge disappointment overall in Brooklyn is, is the way I feel about it. And I mean, KD generated some of this controversy for sure. Um, and started things off. You could argue on the wrong foot requesting a trade this off season. We've always mentioned like KD's determination and the respect we have for him as a competitor on the court, but it seems like, you look at the Kyrie thing, not a very good person to hit your wagon to, so to speak. And then, you know, just not, not a great show of leadership. I don't think in requesting a trade this yeah. off season. So you could argue in some cases you reap what you sow, but now Harden's gone and Kyrie is gone. Do you think KD stays and plays this season out? There's a very short timetable and it doesn't seem like, We've heard at least publicly that there's been another trade request placed. So it seems unlikely he's going to be dealt at the deadline. But this Kyrie thing happened very quickly, although Joe Sy seems to have nothing but contempt for Kyrie Irving, whereas I think he wants to hang on to KD if KD is at all interested in staying. How do you see this shaking out in Brooklyn moving forward? Good question. I think probably Durant wants out. My guess, I don't know his contract details. I'm not sure how that would work. But at this point, I think it's time to move on and just part ways with everything is see what you can get value-wise. Um, Kevin Durant, after his injury, has proven to be as great as he ever is. So despite his age, I, I'm sure he'll garner a great value for a team out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm the Nets, I just start over, start from scratch. I Oof. I know. Just get as bad. many picks as you can and, yeah. and just rebuild from there. Yeah. And I think we've seen teams be successful with picks quickly, like, and grow and, and prosper. So I don't think that's a terrible strategy. But at this point, yeah, it's just, this has been a disaster. And with Joe Sy and Sean Marks, I don't necessarily blame them. I think on paper, you would put Kyrie, James Harden, and Durant. You at least get a finals appearance out of it, you know. But there's mm-hmm. been so many circumstances. I think in a different era, I think things might have gone better 
So I'm sure there's a lot of blame to go to Nets front office, but at the same time, if there's other, you know, <laughs> basketball fans given an opportunity to have those three players on their team, I'm not sure if they would turn it down either. So, yeah, but it, yeah, I think another thing too is what what is Durant's? I was mentioning earlier what his what is his motivations? I have, we have I have no clue. Can you tell me? Like at this point, he's been every possible scenario that I would think he would be happy with, and yet he's grumpy. <laughs> I, I've sure. heard it from different people. He's the most grumpiest player in the league. I don't know what this guy wants. And it's really yeah. makes it really hard to really track where he's going to go next. And really, just for himself from a personal level, is he happy? I mean, I don't like seeing athletes do something high pressure if they're not enjoying it. That sucks. And I think with Durant, he actually enjoys the basketball part. But I think everything else around it, he doesn't like it. And I think we see that manifested itself in terms of, what he wants to do next. I can't predict where he wants to go. I have no clue. Well, and that's a good point you bring up is that this league, what we see here by both Kyrie and Kevin Durant, this league is about more than talent. Yeah. This league is about managing a lot of different stressors, a lot of different chaos. Yep. And can you keep focus on that goal through a grueling 82 game season? This iteration of the Brooklyn Nets never could. Uh, unfortunately for them. And um, I would say KD's motivation, uh, I would guess, would still be what brought him to Brooklyn in the initial stages, which is winning a title, being the alpha dog, the bus driver, so to speak, of that team, uh, whatever team it is that he goes to. And now you wonder if he's kind of in a position where he's willing to relent on that and, you know, join a team that's established like the Phoenix suns, which has been, you know, rumored or is the goal still, Hey, I'm, I'm the leader, you know, I'm the head of the justice league here and we're, we're going to get it done that way. Um, and it's you're tough. right. I mean, both you and I would be lying if, if we said, we know, of course, I mean, uh, NBA insiders don't know at, at this point, uh, what's going to happen there. I do think just practically speaking, um, if I'm Joe Sy, I'm keeping Kevin Durant over the deadline because he's not the type of player that's going to hold out. He's the type of player that's going to play through things, even if he's unhappy, at least is the track record that you and I have seen uh, over the years. So I think I hang on to him and I pray that this season goes well for them. Something turns around for them maybe they surprise people they have a little extra depth to work with with finney smith and spencer dinwiddie uh can certainly be a a piece on the team that works but of course to have any sort of success in the playoffs i mean they're going to need ben simmons to the rescue and that has not been Hmm. a thing uh, ever at this point and especially ever since he left the 76ers so um it doesn't seem like the Nets have any shot at this point at getting to the finals, but we'll we'll see what crazy things happen. The other thing is they could still make moves to bring other players in there with him, but that seems unlikely with the pieces that they have because the things they'd want to trade out, they just acquired. And I I don't think they can flip them again. Um, Well, Brian Winhorst said that, the assets that they've acquired, they could be making another move. We'll we'll see. 
Mm, maybe uh, uh, but, with those draft picks. Yeah. Uh, that would certainly be something of interest. Yeah. But it's going to be a fascinating trade deadline. Um, it's already in the early stages. I mean, a, a pretty big move. We don't usually get moves as massive as this Kyrie Irving trade in any given trade deadline. And this has happened now. Um, so, you know, I think things could be really interesting if if all the players play this out. I mean, if if Kyrie ends up uh, having more chaos and or being injured or, or something like that and stays off the court, then obviously it's it's not very interesting for the Mavericks and their chances go down the drain. Um, but if he's able to play, I think it's pretty compelling to see what he can do. And if he has some fight in him to uh, spite that narrative against him uh, and, and all the people who have been rooting against him over the years, I think it's pretty compelling to see. Um, and then same thing on, you know, the, the KD side of things for the Nets. I mean, if he's certainly going to have some fight with him, can he elevate the Nets higher and potentially get in on this MVP race if the Nets, you know, cause now here's the built-in narrative. I mean, yeah. everyone left you, um, but you fought and you got to the top of the East. Sure. So, if they get a top three seed. I think he's certainly in the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Justin, anything else? Any other big points on this trade reaction episode here? No. Um, oh, one other point, kind of from a Lakers angle, um, LeBron, oh, yeah, yeah. I think he was pretty disappointed. Um, and <laughs> I was incorrect because I, I was hearing like, oh, the Lakers are a front runner, but there was like really, I thought kind of no actual credence to it. There was a lot of, you know, they wanted him. But I think in, in in the end, they didn't make a deal big enough to to get him. And I think, you know, it's been discussed how LeBron's been pretty patient just through the Lakers' inability to make moves at the trade deadline, just the roster being reformed. And here's an opportunity to be put with a player that he's been proven to play well and they couldn't get him. So um, I think he was disappointed with that. And the the word that I've heard is that Joe Sy shut the door on that too yep. because it was Kyrie's first choice. Yep. I don't know if if there is truth to that or not, but it does seem like it's likely that could be the truth because of how quickly Kyrie was traded after this and how eager he was looking to get him off that roster. So, yeah. yeah. That's what we've got today. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of In the Lab. Figured we should close the book on all this Kyrie talk since we started it with Howard Beck and now finish out that saga, but we'll see what happens uh, in both Brooklyn and Dallas following this. If, if there are any secondary deals uh, that come from this. So for Justin Goodrum, I am Matt Thomas. We will be back again very soon. Lots more content drop in this week and next. And as we continue down this season, so take care and peace out. See ya. See you next time.